Welcome back to another RB Coaching Podcast. Um, it feels like it's it's been a while since we've done one of these. Uh, a lot has gone on in the last few weeks. We've had, obviously, um, the conclusion of the Euros. We've had the Olympics and, obviously, um, a very busy RB Coaching HQ as it's the summer holidays. Um, but, obviously, the fun never stops. Ryan is here to chat with us again. Ryan, have you got over the conclusion of the Euros yet? It seems like years ago, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> Welcome, listeners. Um, hi, Kieran. Um, it, it does. It does. It feels like ages ago, and um, yeah, just a distant blur. Um, have Have I got over the final loss? Um, I think so. I think so. I'm already looking forward to the World Cup. There you go. That's the positive attitude we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. We- I think. I think if you ask, I think if you ask, if we did a podcast like two days after, I think I was, I was still a little bit. Um, I'm still a little bit in the mood, if I'm honest. Um, but no, onwards and upwards. No. England are playing soon, aren't they? We've got, we've got three um, three qualifiers coming up. Yeah, we have. It's come round quickly, hasn't it? Like you said, obviously the, the Premier League starting on Friday, which is which has come round out of nowhere. Um, and then within the space of I think three or four games in the Premier League, there's there's England games already. So yeah, um, they haven't given us much time to to forget about it. But there we go. We we, we enjoyed it while we last while it lasted, didn't we? It was. It, it, you know, it was a really good tournament. Um, we did so well to get to the final. It's the, you know, it's the best, it's the best, best we've done in a number of years. So onwards and upwards. Let's let's just hope we uh, we learn from the mistakes and go forward. And hopefully the next one is the uh, the championship. There we go. Fingers crossed. Um, like I said, the Olympics have been on as well. Right? Do you manage to catch any of them? You know what? As a kid, I used to watch it religiously. But you know, being a being a family man and running the businesses and stuff. I, I just, I, I literally have gave it no time. If I'm honest. I've seen it. I've seen a few bits of highlights and, you know, obviously the Italian guy won the hundred meters, which sums up, which sums up the Italian summer, doesn't it? Yeah, it um, does. So, uh, no, you know what? I haven't, I haven't given much thought. I just, no, I, I just thought it was an interesting one to bring up because obviously at, at RB we're quite a big, uh, big advocates of sort of doing multi sports, aren't we, for all the kids? So hopefully that the kids out there have had, had a watch and saw saw some of the sports that they could potentially learn some new things from as well. I I agree. I'm massive on multi sports, and you know if, if every child can um, combine their combine their football with like an individual sport of some in some capacity, that'd be amazing because it builds a great mental mental strength and, and confidence and obviously there's a lot of transferable skills with other sports that can feed back into football so yeah massive on that yeah no I wish I'd have done a couple more sports when I was younger but ended up with football but hey I enjoyed it anyway um right we've just finished we've just come to the end of our last module our evening modules which was the finishing module um how much did you enjoy that mate the finishing module was great. I think um, as coaches, we enjoy watching the players uh, improve throughout the month. We also enjoy watching the players score. You know, I think every every child loves to score goals. I think that that's that's, that's natural. So, um, as coaches, I think we really enjoyed it. Um, and as players, I think they enjoyed it probably a hundred times more because, like I said, every, every child loves to score goals. Yeah, every session, lots of goals. I thought it was brilliant because. There is basically everything in the, the sort of fin- finishing module. It's putting the, the children in every situation they could possibly possibly be in in front of goal, um, and it's giving them an answer, isn't it? Yeah, I think some 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 finishes were kind of yeah by the book in terms of when you're here, this is this is your idea, this is the type of goal that we want you to score, and then some finishes aren't planned. Some finishes are 
rebounds and finishes our scrappy goals. And I think I think throughout the month, you know, especially finishing with like a game of Wembley singles like we did and Wembley doubles, where everyone was scoring to one goal, I, th- I think we basically covered. I'd say most most of the finishes that are in modern day football as such, you know. So um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. I think there's a lot of technical detail, especially in the ball striking, which which a lot of people just kind of leave to chance. You know, really, when you were a kid, Kieran, did anyone actually teach you how to how to strike a ball properly? Honestly, no. Which which looking back, it sounds crazy because it's it's a fundamental part of the game, isn't it? It is, and it, you know, but I think I think people find their own way eventually. But obviously, as at RB, we like to. I guess it's more of a fast track, isn't it? We are teaching the perfect technique from the youngest possible age, so it's kind of like permanently installed forever. Whereas, you know, I wish I wish I picked up on all these techniques at seven and eight rather than twenty-seven and twenty-eight. Yeah, if, if that makes sense. I agree. I think the ball striking one's a really interesting one because you'll see sort of the younger kids. Um, He'll, he'll get the technique, but they won't quite have the power yet. Um, and then maybe when they come around to sort of the second year or the third time of doing it, you really see the difference because they can put the power and the technique together. I agree. I agree. Obviously, that, that, that's that's the magic of our programme, really. You know, I think anyone that, that does commit to the kind of two, three-year cycle, that's when they see the full the full benefits of our, of our programme. I thought as well that the sort of one sort of thing that stood out to me in all the sort of sessions we did, um, the word com- composure kept coming up, and that's obviously quite a big word for the, for the younger players that we, we coach. You know, seven, eight year olds. Um, it's a difficult word for them to understand, but I was so surprised with how well they did, especially the sort of one on one versus the goalkeeper. Some of them, how cool they're able to stay in their mind was unbelievable. Yeah, I, th- I think composure is always linked to awareness. I think if, if a player's clear in their mind what they want to do and how they're going to do it and they've got really good eye contact with the goal, I think composure comes naturally. It's when players don't have that eye contact with the goal and they feel rushed and panicked, that's when it affects the outcome of their shot. Would you say composure and being clinical come sort of hand in hand? Oh, 100%. I, th- I think, you know, the, the first thing we taught on the, the finishing module this month was before you have that ball strike you have to take a picture of the goal. And I think once you've took a picture of the goal, it sends a really, really powerful, quick signal to the brain, which allows then the type of finish, or it allows the players to link the type of finish with the photo. And I think once players understand that, I think finishing becomes a lot easier. Mm. Go on then, I'm, go- I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, put you on the spot. Who's the most clinical striker or, or player in football for you at the moment? Clinical striker player. I think you know what. If you, if you look at finishing and different types of finishing, Lewandowski, Kane, Haaland, those types of players seem to have seem to have a finish for every situation. Ronaldo and Messi, are, you know, the obvious two other ones, but they just seem to have that kind of knack of what finish for which situation. You know, I hope you're not going to ask me a question about are they natural born goal scorers. Because I'm not. I, I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't agree with that. I think everything's everything's kind of everything's taught. There's an environment that's created those types of players in the first place. So, um, but yeah, I think those those are the players that stand out for me. The obvious ones, really. I totally agree with what you're saying there, though, because um, 
I think you've said it quite a few times over over the um, sessions we've coached, and, and you've basically said that you don't get style points, or if you score a goal, it doesn't count as two. A goal is a goal. Once the ball crosses the white line, um, it counts as a goal. So no matter how a goal is scored, it's not worth any more for how it's scored. Um, and I thought that was really interesting because you like Subkane, Lewandowski's. Obviously, they've got the ability to score from outside of the box. They've got they can whip the ball in, but a goal to them, which will be a yard tap in will mean just as much as, say, like a 30-yard screamer, won't it? Yeah, yeah, you know, completely echo, you know, what all the coaches have said over over the module, you get those star points for uh, a double bar and in, you know. But, you know, we do we do like to see good finishes at the same time, but they're all, they're all, they're all worth the same. They are. No, it was a really enjoyable module. Um, hopefully, obviously, over the next sort of four or five weeks, we're going to get the opportunity to see... Um, see all those skills on display because we've got obviously our uh, position specific sessions going on over the six weeks we've had two already haven't we with the uh, play like van dyke um yeah how much have you enjoyed that so far yeah i think it's, we've, we've always run our position specific um sessions um but this time obviously we've, we've done it with a little slight twist and made it like a bit more of a player focus which um you know incentivized the, the the players to have a role model for the day. So obviously last week we delivered the play like Van Dyke sessions in Warwickshire in the West Midlands. Um, and yeah, we just kind of kept referring back to the Van Dyke, didn't we? The, the Van Dyke name. And I think the players enjoyed being called Van Dyke and they, they tried to kind of like replicate his character and his and his techniques and his um, skill level. Um, and, you know, I think the players really took on board that information and the presentation, you know, that, they presented Kieran really engaged them in the videos and we talked about strengths and weaknesses and, and positional play and I think they gave the players a big, big focus of that, that, that kind of centre back position. And the interesting thing that we both said to the players was, you know, don't rule out that you're gonna be a centre half one day. You know, because a lot a lot of the players there weren't centre half. They just they you know, they just came for the experience. You know, because we we all know that, you know, probably all the centre-halves in the Premier League probably started out as strikers for their grassroots teams. Mm. Um, so, you know, not rolling anything out, but the players could end up playing centre-half one day. But yeah, really looking forward to the next the next uh, three. We've got our play-like Alexander Arnold session. We've got a play-like Neymar session. Um, play-like Busquets, play-like De Bruyne. And, uh, and the final one is obviously play-like Lewandowski. Brilliant. Lots to look forward to there. No, I thought I thought it went really well, mate. I think, like you said, that little bit of theory for for the the kids to think about um, and visualise in the first place by seeing the videos worked amazingly because then they went out and they kind of had something to look up to straight away, um, and then and then they threw themselves into the session as well. Like defending, people say it's a dying art in sport in football nowadays, don't they? Um, good tackles and blocks and stuff like that, but the way they apply themselves. Um, wanting to make sure they had clean sheets and celebrating when they made tackles and stuff like that. It was brilliant to see. Yeah, I think I think that's a kind of a product of the environment that we set for the week and that we made it really fun and enjoyable. But, you know, just, just only position-specific stuff, thinking about it, obviously we, we teach in 12 modules throughout our RB syllabus. I think these position-specific sessions kind of bring back all the modules within a month because each player that will will kind of highlight throughout the month, the, the Bruyners, the, the Busquets, the Lewandowski's. Obviously, it touches on loads of the modules that we've already already taught, which is a good kind of like a good refresh and recap for all the players. Yeah, no, definitely, I agree. Um, obviously, on the side of the position specific stuff we've been doing, we've also got the sister company, the football playground, running alongside. Uh, we've been to, we've attended a few of those days, mate, haven't we? And how fun are they been? 
Oh, you know what? They're, they're just a breath of fresh air. You know, I think the, fo- the football playground camps are just, they're just gold dust. You know, the characters that we meet, you know, the enthusiasm, the, the kind of the kind of fun, the fun aspect of football is is what it what it's all about. You know, it's not it's not serious. There's just loads and loads of matches, competitions, shooting. You know, with all our shooting stations, um, there's there's medals and trophies. I think, you know, looking back, I think you know I used to do camps as a kid. You know, God, I, I'd, I'd give so much to be a child in one of our in one of our soccer camps. I really would. It just it just it just so much fun. Yeah, just the environment that they're in, mate. You can tell they've all got smiles on their faces. Um, they're just doing what they love. I mean, some of them might be further along in their their development on the football side of it, but. That doesn't matter on the day because they're there to have fun, aren't they? And that's that's the biggest thing. I agree. I think soccer camps are for everyone. Like it's nice that the eight to one members come into the soccer camps and just you know it's great to see them in like match play and it's great to see themselves, see them express themselves in our camps and just have that kind of you know shackles off, just play for fun. And it's also nice to see players that are maybe taking their first steps in the game and just have, you know building that passion for football. So soccer camps are for everyone, and you know in you know, we we really enjoy coach time, Kieran. We have we have a really really good laugh with all the kids, and you know the older kids especially. It's a big mention for them because they're so helpful. They're so helpful. They're they're great now. We've got definitely got a few legends and future staff members in the making. Yeah, it's very true. And obviously, coach Nick is is kind of responsible for the management of the of the um, football playground. But just how important is he to all, all the players? They love him, don't they? They they love Nick. They love Nick. Obviously, he's had a little bit of a break now, so. Uh, I'm sure he'll be back with a bang. Um, Nick, Nick's fantastic. You know, he, he manages that that company really, really well. You know, we've got really exciting plans. You know, we've obviously got our new girls session starting up in September. So, you know, exclusively for girls only, the local area. And um, we've got our pre-academy, which has done really well. We've got a new development centre opening up for players that potentially haven't, you know, haven't found a team yet. Um, so they will look to develop their kind of core skills and hopefully find them a new team. The futsal has been amazing, isn't it, Karen? You know, I, know, I know you've enjoyed um, doing the futsal sessions. So yeah. we're, we're back with the bang in September. Um, you know, I think the players, well, def- definitely what I've seen, you know, the last two, two, three months that we delivered that programme, the improvement in the kids since they started the futsal, even like the eight to one players that come and do their extra work with us there, you know, it's just, you know, the improvements in mental because, you know, their, their ability to combine in tight spaces, receive in tight spaces, show um, elegance and, you know, skill in tight spaces. And I think it's just, it's just a really, really good um, addition to their schedule. Yeah, I agree. I think we, we, we're trying to cover all bases, really, aren't we? We're trying to give them um, every sort of scenario possible to, to, to be the best players that they can be, which is brilliant. Um, just to update everyone, obviously, I know you touched on it there, um, slightly so obviously everyone should know all of August is is day sessions and then as soon as we go back in September everything will start back up evenings including the futsal including the pre-academy yeah yes that's the football playground side obviously we, we go into our loose model of our RB coaching eight to one season as well so that's a awareness, awareness and movement module which I'm really looking forward to delivering on um, so that's our last module of the season and then come October we start a brand new RB coaching season, um, and you know we're, we're back with a few new centres as well, which is which is really exciting. We're actually on a on a Tuesday. We're going to be back at Princeton College, which was you know 
probably my favourite my favourite centre in terms of like a, a visual. It's a lovely facility. So we're back we're back there after a two year absence. So that, that'll be on a Tuesday evening. That that will um that will replace the connection session which originally was at four fifteen. So the principal session will be six thirty till seven thirty. Um, we're back in Daventry as well, which I'm really excited about. One of my former clubs. So Daventry eight to one will resume um, eight on a Thursday, six till seven. So really looking forward to that. And then we're just waiting on confirmation for a new eight to one centre in Stratford on a Friday, five till six pm. Um, so th- those are the new centres, and the, the Warwick, Coles Hill, the Coventry Rugby. The Solihull will all stay the same. So yeah, we are we're kind of expanding out a little bit. Um, and we're looking to the you know looking to kind of work with more players that need the RB coaching theory and methods. Great stuff. Looking forward to seeing um obviously some familiar faces if they're moving over or going back to the, the, the normal camps, but also looking forward to hopefully seeing some new faces as well. So that'll be uh, that'll be exciting. I was just thinking then when you were talking about all the different camps, mate, over the last two months. It's it's been very interesting to see the amount of uh, Jack Grealish headbands we've had now at uh, at all the eight to one and all the soccer camps. It is, you know, even my own son's begging me to get these bands, and um, you know, um, he, has, he hasn't even got long hair. But <laughs> I, can't, I can't really say anything because I used to wear them when I was um, when I was a kind of like a teenager and going into my twenties when I had long blonde locks. He uh, he clearly made a big impact at the Euros, didn't he? And and now off the back of this conversation, he's just completed his um hundred million pound, I think it was hundred million pound yeah. move to City. But you say big impact at the Euros, you know he didn't play enough. He didn't play enough for me. That's yeah, that's true. You know he, he still come out, you know, um, smelling roses. Even though you know he wasn't that great. He, you know, he just didn't have any, didn't have many minutes on the pitch. I think, I think everyone wanted to see him play more. But you know, fantastic move for him. Um, you know, time will tell whether it's the right decision or not. Um, but don't get me wrong, he's a fantastic player. And you can't, you can't turn down playing for Guardiola and playing for Man City in the type of football they play. You just, you just can't do it. So fair play to him for being ambitious. I hope, I hope the Villa fans aren't bitter in any way. They shouldn't be. You know, because he's you know he's he's a professional and he wants to do what's best for him, and you can't deny anyone um, progression in, in sport or any walk of life. I know we don't we don't know him personally, um, but with his with his character and the way he sort of portrays himself, can you see him struggling with that hundred million pound price tag on price tag on his head? No, well, I spoke to Jack yesterday on the phone. You know, <laughs> he's, he, he's, <laughs> no, no, I think he, he carries himself really, really well. You know, he, he just loves football, doesn't he? So I, I don't see it being pressure for him. It's just football. I agree with what you said, though. He didn't, he didn't actually play as much as everyone probably wanted him to play at the Euros, but he just seemed to to quicken the game up a little bit when he came on, didn't he? He's that sort of player where he, he makes things happen and. Um, I, I think it's a good bit of business by City. Really, he's, he's in the prime years of his career, um, and they're wanting to go one step further, aren't they? So I think he could easily be a player who could do that. But obviously, there's talk of a, of another player who they're they're hoping to bring in who might be worth even more than Grealish. Can you see um, the Kane deal happening? Um, if it does happen, it's going to happen at the very last day. Um, I don't. I just don't think it will happen, though. I'd like it to happen, just because I think 
I'd, I'd love to watch. I'd love to watch Harry Kane play for Man City. I don't know, Judge. He'd just score so many goals. Yeah, he would. Um, it, it, it would honestly be frightening how many goals he'd score. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I think I think Kane wants out. I think, I think Levi. I think Levi's just kind of like holding out for as much money as possible, which is which is fair enough. Um, I, I don't know. I think I think Kane's character's come under question with obviously skipping training and stuff. But I, I honestly don't think that's the case. He's come out and said. Um, you know that that isn't the case. I believe him because he's an ultimate professional. I don't think he'd do anything, you know, untowards. I think I think it shows how sort of difficult the world of, of football is when you're you're trying to generate interest in yourself and kind of maybe maybe Kane thinks it's time to move on from Tottenham. Um, but when you've signed a big contract like any other walk of life, you can't really just walk out, can you? So no, no, you sign the contract and the club, the club holds the power. Really, you know, at the end of the day. You know, you can't. Kane hasn't got a leg to stand on at the top and say, you know, you're not going anywhere. It's just, it's just how it is. Yeah. Can you imagine a front four though? Of, well, maybe chuck, chuck De Bruyne in there as well. But you've got De Bruyne and the four English players: Grealish, Sterling, Kane, and Foden. Yeah, it, it is. It is quite um, exciting. Exciting for England as well. If those four can hit it off together, surely they have to be the four that. Southgate goes with as well, but yeah. you know, time will tell. I think it would be more interesting, Kieran. I'm sure you'll get onto this, but Harry, why not Harry Kane go to Paris Saint Germain? Well, and he could end um, up linking up with Neymar, Mbappe, and obviously, yes. soon to be yeah. Lionel Messi but by the looks of let's, it. Let, let, let's get Kane up front, Neymar off the left, and Mbappe off the right, and Messi just in behind. There you go. We, we've got to speak about it. I, I honestly, I, I can't believe how that situation has ended up happening. Um, the fact that he is, for me, he's the best player he's ever played. And obviously it will divide opinion. But for what he's done for, for the club Barcelona, um, for the way that he's ended up going and he's not even been able to play in front of the fans for the last 18 months and just the way it's all ended, it just seems ridiculous, doesn't it? Honestly, I, I, I don't know the ins and outs of everything. It seems an absolute mess. Like from, from when Messi came in, like said last year that he wanted to leave and... Um, Kuman coming in and Suarez leaving, you know that that club has been on a downward spiral for a long, long time now. Um, you know, probably probably four or five years, and you know he was always going to get to this point. Um, and Messi's situation, I still can't believe it. I still I still think something will happen. I still think because the La Liga cannot afford Messi to go. They they just can't do it. The the TV deals will be down. But then I heard today. That the four new Barcelona players can't be registered yet until Barcelona potentially sell 144 million pounds worth of players. Yeah, that's apparently the, their wages. Yeah. So, so it's even more of a mess than we thought. No, exactly. That's but apparently what. I, 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 I still, I still don't believe it. until until Messi's announced somewhere else. I still, I still think he'll play for Barcelona. And then I've just read a story saying there's people outside the park. Is it part of the park? Yeah. Park de all... Sleeping outside there, waiting for Messi to turn up. <laughs> I uh, I heard a story as well that they've um, PSG have apparently booked out the Eiffel Tower for Tuesday, expecting to unveil Messi in front of the Eiffel Tower. So watch this space, mate. Watch this space. But um, yeah, it's with, with, it's, Mickey, it's... with Mickey Mouse and Donald. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange situation, isn't it? But hey, I I think we we spoke about this briefly. Um, I'm as much as I love Messi at Barcelona, and I grew up watching him at Barcelona. It's why I enjoy watching Barcelona play. Now that I've kind of got over it, and a day or two to get over it, I would actually be quite excited to, to see him sort of in another league, in another shirt, in another team. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I think it would still look a bit awkward. Um, feel awkward. But, um, yeah, I, I think the, well, the exciting thing is, you know, who, who's on, who's who's going to want to miss a Paris Saint-Germain game if they had Mbappe, Neymar and Messi up front? Be fireworks me, every if, game. If, I, if I'm free on a Saturday evening or Sunday evening, I'm watching it. I'm, I'm, I'm watching I don't care whether they're playing, I don't know, give me a French team, Nice or Ren or something. I don't, I don't care. You just want to watch it. You want to see them like, score like, 10 goals a game then yeah it would literally be fireworks every game and and honestly they'd, they'd have the strength in depth because the players they've signed I think they've got Ramos on a free this year they've got Donnarumma on a free they've got a couple more um, they could literally field a team that would go and win the league and then leave out your Messi's your Ramos's and that and just play them in the Champions League and they could probably go and win that as well oh it's ridiculous it's ridiculous strength, you know, strength in depth Pochettino's gone from working with someone like Sissoko and um <laughs> I know Harry Winks to <laughs> It's incredible the way the way the footballing world works, isn't it? It is. It is. Oh well, well, I've enjoyed having a chat about all things football. Like I said, guys, it's been a it's been an interesting few weeks. A lot has gone on, um, but we're obviously all looking forward to Premier League starting. We had the champion championship starting um, this weekend, and and like we said, it, it's busy all the time at, at RBHQ at the moment with all our soccer camps and stuff. So. Um, we're looking forward to seeing the players who have already been turn up again. We're looking f- forward to seeing more new faces. Um, other than that, thanks for joining. Ryan, thanks for having a chat. Thank you, Kieran. I will see you tomorrow, listeners. I'll catch up with you very, very soon. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for listening.